you enjoy the different jobs and variations of what you do oh of course time is money you can't cross this line of oh maybe they'll actually be my friend because they're not your friend they paid you to be there to begin with Mm. you're paid to be nice to them again it works in the strip club you're being nice to them in the hopes of getting money if you haven't got anything off them in the first 15 minutes don't waste your time if you're having to think about it you're not ready you know if you're going oh, i like the sound of it you know it sounds cool you know it seems interesting i want to give it a go but i'm not sure you don't want to do it my boundaries have been crossed so many times why am I gonna let somebody cross it and me not stand up to myself anymore? There's no point in it. Growing up from a very broken home, a lot of wires get crossed and a lot of things you wouldn't think would happen, happened and I couldn't say no to it. Mm. But now I have the chance to say no, I'm gonna say no. I've got more control over what I say and what I do. Never let them distract you from the money when it comes to it. Hello, it's me. Okay, yeah, so we're rolling. What is BPD? BPD? Yeah. It's borderline personality disorder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> basically, it's got like traits of depression, anxiety, uh, you get really bad like mood swings, um, you've got traits like ADHD and autism, we hyper-focus on a lot of stuff, <laughs> or we just have no energy to even leave the bed. Um, so life can be very up and down, but within this industry it's very good because I get to create a new person every time I speak to somebody. You know that you know the interview's not started yet. You get an introduction. Have you got, got a diagnosis that. for that, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> you know. I have, take, I have to take tablets. Okay. For it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like you have to prove it when you go into a doctor's office. Yeah, you do. It's like, um, um, I'm really sad at the moment. I need some pills. <laughs> <laughs> makes you feel this way i'm like all right well yesterday i was really sad two weeks ago when i booked this appointment i wanted to fucking kill myself but right now i'm absolutely fine i'm on top of the world mental health Uh, (laughs) 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 okay so welcome to sexonomics this is my first guest podcast episode today we have my bestie the first bestie i met through doing this job She's a myth. How do you want to be referred as? Esme. Esme, okay. She's a myth. She's a legend. She's on a different planet. She's in a league of her own. But she's also been someone who's been around this industry for a really long time. She knows about the very high highs, the very low lows. But today she's here to kind of share some wisdom with us. And I guess we're going to ask her about her experience in the sexual economy, how she's got into it. And she's a bit different from a regular stripper because she also has a different occupation. What is that occupation, Esme? Well, I am a sugar baby. Ah! And today's episode (laughs) is all about being a sugar baby, but moreover to highlight the different things that people don't necessarily think about, what the experience is like, the comparison of what it's like versus the reality, pro tips, things not to do, and just kind of Esme's journey through navigating her way through this industry. Um, As a veteran, she kind of 
has a different perspective of someone who is like myself kind of more or less new into the industry honey you're a little baby in it oh my god <laughs> so without a further ado let's welcome esme Thank you for having me, my darling. <laughs> so, who are you? What paid occupations have you had inside of the sexual economy? Well, that's a very uh, long story. Um, I start when, probably when I was 18, mm-hmm. I started with the webcamming, which was like my first little introductory into the world of sex. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I started that because I was a broke bitch who liked to spend money and didn't have any money to spend. So uh, yeah, I could go into the webcam in and it was actually through my older sister who hooked me up on that. At the time she was doing OnlyFans and all the rest of it as well. So she was already within the industry and it was a good little money top up from the day job so what year was this uh this would have been 2017 and what kind of little day jobs were you having before i was working in a hairdresser's in a barber shop okay yeah, i've done like all my hair and beauty and everything that is what i wanted to do but after a few years of doing it i didn't enjoy it it wasn't a passion anymore it wasn't bringing the money that i needed or anything like that Mm -hmm. so So i feel people would also be interested to know from your experience in these occupations you actually managed to invest into a sad beauty business didn't you (laughs) I did, yes. I do actually. At what age? Uh, I done that at twenty. Okay. I opened my own barber shop, which I have people running for me, and I just make the profit from it. Ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. So you started off just webcamming, and this was to kind of give yourself a little top up from the day job. Yeah, pretty much. At the time, like, I was, wasn't was living with my parents um, and I was having to pay rent in places and only being 17, 18 at the time when I moved out and my parents trying to do that was very hard on your own, especially mm-hmm. with a basic two grand a month income. Yeah. And being an 18-year-old, you know, you want to go out, have fun, do everything with your friends and... I just didn't have the money to do so. Two grand for if I was eighteen with two grand, I'd actually be balling. I'd I'd, I'd be spending money on yeah, so much. Yeah, but when you're paying like rent and all yeah. your bills and everything, and obviously I've always had pets, so it's always been a little bit more difficult to find somewhere that you can rent with a cat. <laughs> so it's interesting. It sounds like you wanted to from an early age have ownership over what you were doing and I don't like this connotation that you know all 
strippers or people who work in this economy are running away from broken homes some of us are not oh everyone. hell yeah i am okay but again, yeah. I, I, I'm, I i ran like i ran as fast as i could but again not all of us do come from broken homes but the majority of the ones who actually make it through the industry past like five years have come from broken homes mm. just from like my experience talking mm. to girls that and like a few other friends that i know who are in the industry started when i started they are from similar backgrounds so but do you not think if you look at any job in the world or you know an entrepreneur or someone who is successful in their own field they're running away from something oh yeah 100 percent like if you're running away from something you get that extra motivation and drive to do it and you also get this uh fuck you attitude <laughs> yeah as i'm gonna prove everyone wrong who told me that i couldn't do that because they just wanted to bring me down i i can definitely like see how that is very universal across different kind of people but i suppose you said you were running away what were you running away from do you just remember the certain feeling or do you remember situations a bit of everything a bit of situations you know things weren't good with my parents my dad ended up in prison and you know my mum then didn't do very well and she like had a mental breakdown and we were mainly living with my nan and we had social services in and out of our lives it was all just a bit of a mess growing up so as soon as I got the chance I was like fuck this shit I'm out (laughs) pretty much and I went and I've never looked back since and I suppose it's yourself that you want to rely on the most because you don't trust anyone else sometimes i don't really have anyone else to rely on back then apart from myself apart from what i was doing to get myself out of that situation and Mm. i will see was living in quite a small town and everybody knew everyone's business and i wanted i wanted out of that town and the easiest way to do that was to make a shit ton of money and move okay (laughs) and that's exactly what i did so you started off on the webcams yeah how did you find it you know if it was your first couple of days how did you find it um a little bit daunting to begin with because obviously with the webcam they can see me but i can't see them so i had no idea who was writing those little messages and it can be a bit scary and I also was thinking, oh my God, what if someone was having like their phone camera on their laptop and they're recording me and stuff mm. like that. Like I would proper think into it a lot. So, so there were some nights that I'd be like, right, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I just never did. And I put it off for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I don't know, one day it just clicked and I was like, no, if I'm going to do it, I need to fucking do it. And I need to like actually just go for it. I remember my it was like my second caller who came in. He stayed on there for three hours. Really? Three hours. I walked out of that evening with a grand in my pocket. Wow. And this guy is like a regular caller on my cam. Just like that's quite unheard of though. Like usually you have to go through a lot. Yeah, it really is unheard of. Like I do kind of feel like in this game I have just been lucky. I've just found that right person on the right night at the right time. But again, 
it only takes so long before you do get that resilience yeah it is the resilience and it yeah you gotta have some tough skin in this industry you really do what are you just chatting about on webcam with him at this point what's he saying <laughs> well I, I i always start it off with hey babe how are you don't get don't give him a free show <laughs> this is your paid content like don't don't give it away on here um and then i just sort of go from there and see where the conversation takes off and yeah me and this guy just really hit it off and we're chatting away and he didn't even want me to do anything like a lot of the guys they want you to have your tits out on there or to you know have a play with yourself or they'll ask for some specific stuff like oh I want you to be cleaning or I want you to do go piss somewhere and video it and yeah wow yeah you get a lot of stuff like that I tried it once personally because I I remember I was trying to ask you about it yeah but I was like (laughs) well I don't know I got paid like two grand to shit on some man's chest later (laughs) on in the year so you know you gotta do what you gotta do girl (laughs) I knew this and I knew this was gonna come out I knew you were gonna say that (laughs) well is there anything on webcam that made you feel ish this is a bit uncomfortable like people's fetishes because i know sometimes people have very out there fetishes they do they do and you're not shy but did anything rattle you um yeah so like i don't like any of like the daddy daughter fetish as soon as that's brought up yeah i'd always just end the call with that um if there was any like i'm not a big fan of anything like booty hole (laughs) the back door is a no-go yeah so like that kind of fetish isn't a bit of me yeah um not to judge other people no no i'm not judging whatsoever like don't get me wrong we've all fucking tried it but as long as it's done in a safe consensual thing but But it's not a bit of me what was the point where you moved from your town and you thought, you know what, I'm going to come to London. Do you start stripping there or do you come to London to start stripping? No. What what happened so after the camming? After I saved up enough money to move out of the town just during the camming, I actually moved to Brighton. 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 Yeah, <laughs> good old Brighton. And the reason was because you could dance there under the age of 21. In London, you have to be 21 to start dancing in the clubs. But uh, we know clubs that take people under 21. Yeah, the law has changed. And it, the law changed in um, 2020. Ah. Yeah. Before you had to be 21 to dance in the cities. What's your opinion on the age to dance? Because you can imagine some people are already at that age and aren't ready at that age. Don't get me wrong. If you're ready to start dancing at 18, start dancing at 18. Make Just that money, girl. Go, yeah, go make that bank, you know, because you got to think, what, well, I'm 23 now and the amount of opportunities that I've had since I've danced since I was 18 and been in the industry since I was 18 is crazy. If I was getting all of that now, I'd feel like my life's only just started. But where I started so young and had so many amazing opportunities from such a young age, I think it's made me more mature. It's made me grow up a little bit. It's made me more well-traveled as well, you know? Like I think growing up is a really good point you just said. You think you're grown up as soon as... Whatever it is, you know, you leave high school, you get a little 
apprenticeship a job a university nothing has made me grow up as much as working for myself and doing this job yeah, in terms you've of no have the discipline to do it but also just the harshness of like oh people actually act like that yeah and stuff yeah people are assholes in this industry like every man for themselves but also it's a good thing to grow up i suppose yeah <laughs> it is yeah yeah no it definitely is like but you've got to have the right mentality to start this and when i was 17 and i kept putting this off and when i turned 18 well thank god webcam, you didn't do it at 17 like there would have been nonsense <laughs> honey it would have been illegal but you know i know people in this industry who have been doing it since they were 16 17 do you think that's wrong i do think it's wrong but then at the same token when you know their situations and their mentality from doing it at that age it makes a lot of sense you know i started at quite a young age but I feel that we're getting into a different area of, okay, you're classified as a child at that age still. You know, you might be very mature in situations, mm. but that's more of a reflection on their circumstances and the state should have helped them in a better position before they have to go and do that. At Honey, a certain age. I was homeless at 16 and they, like, the council and the government don't do anything. Mm. I was homeless for three months before they found me anywhere. And even then, it was like some shitty hostel thing mm. that after two months, I ended up moving out of and getting my own place because I couldn't stand it. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't work. You know, a lot of women say, oh, you know, she's a dance. They call her strippers, not dancers. Stripper. Oh, she's a whore. She does this. Drug addict. No, it's nothing like that whatsoever. If anything, this industry saved me from what my life could have been. Like, 100%. <laughs> and as well, I think that it's interesting to hear someone who says, it saved me. Because you can go down a dark path, but also, on the other hand, I think with your upbringing of it being very tumultuous, you learn harsh lessons very young, and you knew not to fall into the wrong things when you get into this industry. Yeah, of course. It made me a bit more, like, cautious Mm. as such as to what I was doing. Mm. Because when I moved to Brighton, I then started doing like escorting okay. because it was so requested by people on my cam. So I did it. I'd done a few out calls and, you know, I was charging £500 for the hour. Most of them I didn't even sleep with. They just wanted company for an hour. And then that's actually how I ended up finding my sugar daddy through that. Okay. Yeah. So okay. and there's there's like a whole, there's a whole big debate about like the escorting and all the rest of it, but if anything, going from the webcam to the escorting, and then almost moving away from that into dancing as well, it was a very good like transition because I could make more money out of one guy by what I said and the time that I spent with him in the clubs than what a lot of girls dancing do you had that moxie about you to kind of know what to say when to say it yeah like the trigger points yeah. how to profile someone yeah that's why now like, like when we're like obviously we're working in the clubs and stuff and we're like oh should we go try that guy and i take one look at him and go no i'm good at profiling you're someone who doesn't always work 
five days. I mean, sometimes we have to work five days. You know what I mean? And if the money ain't there, you've got you've got to do it. You've just got to keep at it every day. <laughs> and we're not in the gold at golden era of stripping no we're not honey stripping pre-covid was the best this is one of the reasons why i stopped the escorting so much like i remember my first night in the strip club i literally made three grand off two guys yeah like you could easily walk home with like five six seven grand not at the moment not no you'd be lucky to come home with 500 now <laughs> but still that's like to someone who's just come from you know an office job making 26 that's still good oh yeah it is like even last year was like a pretty shitty year but i still made just from dancing like over 70k yeah and that's just off dancing that's not off my business so when you kind of said i'm gonna go into dancing and kind of more veer off the webcamming you started in brighton yeah and you don't have to share the name of the club that's fine because i know sometimes people don't want to do that but (laughs) what type of club was it because i've explained in my previous podcast different types of clubs Um, and how do you find it what was the audition process so the audition process um pretty much the same for all places do you just google the club or yeah so i literally i actually was googling uh strip clubs and this was basically i was doing an escort mate and i had obviously all the heels all the gear and everything and the guy turned around to me and he was like you'd look good on a pole hmm and uh because it's interesting to it you go from escorting to strip because most people go from stripping to escorting yeah i sort of done it backwards what percentage do you think actually go into escorting i reckon there's a good sort of 60 percent you think yeah secret ones yeah well babes i used to pick people up from the club all the time they'd spend like two three four hours in a vip with me and then i'll go charge them triple to take me home and you know it works like people pay it but i think that's wrong it is wrong but you know because then the other girls have to compete with that and they can't the girls who are just there to dance yep. have to try and compete with girls yep. who are looking but then at the same token there are people who are just there for the girls that want to dance and not the girls they want to take home no 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 in the in the the place that i'm currently working at the amount of people that have asked to take me home and obviously now i'm not doing the escorting i'm kind of stepping back weeding yourself off like obviously don't get me wrong i still got my sugar daddies but you know that's all i really want to do i don't really want to be doing all of that now that i'm older i'm Mm. more mature i've got my investment now i'm just dancing to pay for my holidays pretty much so you go to this club in brighton and what's the type of club it's a very jump on it club you've almost like the customer will come in you get there get a drink and then at which point you can approach them and you can have conversations with them you can charge them for time or you can take them to do dances again 50 pound a dance 
you could do deals on it 75 for two three for a hundred stuff like that so you can make quite a bit of money just from doing it but you do have to it's like very catty so what was the house fee and then what was the split so we didn't actually have a house fee okay but we split everything 50 50 which is a bit of a piss take when you think about it to only take half your money home say if you've done like you've had a good night and you've made two grand you're only taking a grand home yeah or even if you make 300 you're only taking 150 home yeah exactly sometimes if you've had like a shitty night and you've literally only done 100 pound well you've only got 50 quid in your pocket mm. you know and then it's like well, what was the point in all of that why have i got naked for 50 quid but also where do you stand on splits and clubs because i feel where there's people trying to shut well sex license clubs down so a sex license is basically any club or permit that want to become a strip club need one so have the nudity license and different councils have different policies so some say oh um you can't it's less common in london to touch but also even no but it's not about that yeah i don't know about that (laughs) i'm not gonna drop the clubs in it but uh i know several clubs which have um done extras in london and they're still running today we're trying to make the strip club positive thing and not get shut down oh no it is positive it's very positive because you can get more money but going oh yeah if you touch my ass that's 50 quid and then we'll pay it you want to touch my tip that's an extra 50 quid and then we'll pay it see i'm very different i'm like we should ban touching it's each to their own because i say the we met at the first club i started at and that was very regulated it was regulated you couldn't get away with anything in that club (laughs) no but why would you want to get away like why would you want someone to i suppose do that when they can fully protect you i felt good about that that you were fully protected yeah but then at the same token you know they're more about talking than dancing hostess yeah they're more like, oh, we're just here for company. You pay me an hour and I'll sit here the whole time talking to you. Men don't always want that. They just want to see some titties and leave. Well, let's go back to the Brighton <laughs> Club. So you started that and then at what point were you like, okay, it's, t- it's time to boost things up and go to London? <laughs> I moved to London during covid wasn't a very smart move but I obviously when Covid hit I did sort of revert back to the escort in a little bit. That's not lockdown friendly. Yeah but it was good money. Do you know how many lonely men in lockdown just wanted an hour of fun and they pay £700 for it because I up my prices at this point. I'm not being legally held account of anything that comes out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, but come on, everybody, all the girls that the I Politicians know, were doing it. Exactly. Every, everybody was they seeing they someone. The, I don't know COVID. if they were seeing escorts, the politicians. I just meant like, you know. No, but the policemen were. Lawyers were. No. Yeah. Have you ever... Yeah, I had a policeman on the regular during COVID. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is what I mean. The Did politician... you like some policeman role play? 
not quite no oh <laughs> uh, he wanted to be dominated he did want to be dominated he was a little bitch oh. like i literally used to put my heels on and walk all over this guy like i'd crush his balls i'd be whipping him like he loved being domed yeah. and to think that he was a person of authority of the law who's on our streets like trying to look after us likes to be dommed in the bedroom but there's nothing wrong with that no there's not but it's just a very big switch up you'd think that they would want to be the dominant one but to me that makes a complete sense that they spend their day in a figure of authority mm. and then when they close the door and go to their normal day-to-day life they just want to escape that for a moment yeah. and be submissive so yeah. you started doing that and then when did you go to your first club in london so i the club i was in in brighton also have branches up in london okay so i moved up to one of their london branches is it one of the biggest clubs in london it is yeah it's, it's the one of the biggest they're all up and down the country so if i ask a customer or you go and ask any 20 year old boy and i say oh which strip club which strip club have you been to they'll say the said club that esme's worked at oh yeah everybody knows of this club everybody they've done a really good job at establishing themselves in the scene yes they have but they used to basically be not physically in bed but in bed with spearmint rhinos yes we're talking about platinum lace yeah if you've not guessed <laughs> yeah i've already put two and two together a free um, promo you're welcome <laughs> no don't get me wrong platinum lace is a very good club i don't want a bad mouth it at all mm. but the girls at the time where i was working fuck you to rihanna because i got in a physical fight with you <gasps> and uh you're an asshole <laughs> what did she you was do my customer <laughs> What happened? So uh, I was uh, talking to a customer that happened to be her regular. Mm. But he wanted a bit of me tonight. So uh, he had a bit of me. And she did not like it. And uh, I knew why. Because he's a very, very, very rich customer who likes to leave very, very big tips. And I walked out of the London club with £5,000 on my first night there because of her customer but i also came out with a black eye because of her was it pack mentality because usually they're in a click and they turned on you oh yeah a hundred percent like i was slated for the two months that i was uh it made but babe, me so I... uncomfortable like but i was making bank you'll walk into the chaos not everyone will do that you will walk into i'll walk in and stick my fingers up to him like i just don't care if you want, if you have a problem with me, you go take your problem elsewhere. Especially when it's in that in a club, because I don't want to step on anyone to- anyone's toes, right? But if that customer wants me, he can fucking have me. Because yeah. you know what? It's up to the customer, not the girls. Yeah. At the end of the day, even if it's someone's regular and they want a bit of me, come on then, spend a bit of time with me. Let's spend some of your money. Granted, I'll invite that girl in. But don't be an arsehole about it. And as well, there's certain situations even when I've danced where, you know, your friend's customer, regular customer, might say, oh, well, I want to go with you or vice versa. And to yeah, me, it happens. 
I don't have many, but like the friends I have in dancing, always let them know. I actually ask because I think nine times out of ten we speak and say, "Oh, have you had money from him yet?" And da, yeah. da, da, with my friends, but when it comes to just people I know in the club, you have to look after yourself first. Yeah, of course. Imagine so like, it is each for their own. In there, you've got to make sure you're sorted before but you go and help anyone else out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so on Saturday when I was working, we had some Arab guys come in and they only had 50s, okay? That's nice. Yeah, it was very nice. And like one of them took a real liking to me. Like I danced with all of his friends as well. Still waiting for that £100 note. <laughs> £100 note? Yeah. Yeah, I want that £100 note too. Well, But you were but with yeah. the 50s. <laughs> we were going with yeah. 50s. 50s will do. I probably got about couple hundred off this group of lads and um i said to one of the girls who like i'd done some previous dances and work with like throughout the week and she'd help me out and i turned around to her and i was like look the arab guys over there they've only got 50s why don't you go try it and she was like oh really and i was like yeah like go try it and she's like why are you telling me and i'm like look you helped me out earlier i'm helping you out just go and she went over there and she got a couple dances out of them and you know again no change for 50s we don't do change in this club we don't do change if you've got a 50 sorry babe i ain't got no change i'm i'm taking that 50 like i'll give you an extra half a song but i'm taking that 50 so yeah like we just kind of helped each other out and well it's smart to do good business and better to solidify good working business relationships for example you know customers come in with preferences all the time men and their types like it honestly it's insane they come in with the types they like and sometimes they might want an alternative girl or they might want a nice curvy girl or they might want a really slim tall almost supermodel-esque look yeah if the customer straight off the bat i've read this situation or sometimes i'll ask straight up am i not your type of thing they'll say no i'm not gonna waste my time but i will refer my friend who more is in that kind of type to go to that customer or on the other hand if customer likes me and i've kind of got all i can out of that customer i'll then send in a friend who does look like me or i'll tag team with her so it's just smart business to like associate yourself with people who are like-minded of building a good team to operate and kind of penetrate the customer front on the strip club. Oh yeah, tag teaming's really good within the strip club. But like, sometimes you're just incompatible. But yeah, sometimes like yeah. there are people that I've tried working with and I honestly I just can't. It just doesn't mesh like we just don't mesh have you met this one girl i'm gonna do impression of her and because we've just recently started dancing at the same club so we're reunited but united with my best day there's one girl who just drives me up the fucking wall and she's really lovely but she just you ask a customer a question customer responds you have a back and forth you know an exchange Mm. all that comes out of her mouth is Baby, you want to dance? Let's go dance. Yeah, yeah. I think you really want to dance. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's are, we, are we talking about salad stick? 
No. 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 Oh. But we can't be too, because I don't know how far this podcast is going to reach, so we can't yeah, be bitches. No. It, yeah, but, you know, salad stick doesn't know who salad stick is. But, <laughs> but you can tell <laughs> that some girls are just so emotionally spent from the job that they don't even want to engage in the conversation because yeah. it's too taxing. But then at the same token, that's when they need a break, you know, like, yeah. I took a four month break from dancing. Because you were going to be. Bye, let's go for a dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was gonna like, be you. I I got to the point where I physically needed like a mental break from it because it can get so draining. If you have to beg for the dance, then you need a break. Yeah, if you've literally, if you can't hold a conversation with a customer anymore, or you're literally you're feeling like you're not enjoying it anymore take a fucking break you know i mm. took four months break and i come back and i've smashed it yeah you know what Bosh. i mean <laughs> like granted okay i can take a four months break because my sugar daddy's got all my bills we're gonna get into me. the sugar daddy after the break yeah but you know what i mean it's one of them so you're not platinum yeah did you like it overall in a quick summary i like the club the club is very nice i like their um like money system as well like you get tokens like there is no cash until the end of the night they go by tokens does everything go through the bar everything goes through the bar like you have to go buy the tokens at the bar the token goes to the dancers like you pay house fee you keep 80 percent um of your money when you cash out your tokens so there's none of if you leave your bag somewhere someone can like one of the girls can pinch a 20 out of it or anything there's nothing like that mm. it's a token um you've got to watch tokens basically okay it's, it's a, it is a very good club but it's just that house fees a bit excessive at a weekend i mean if the if you everyone's making money then you wouldn't worry about it too much yeah but when you go from platinum well, why do you go to your next club I moved from platinum because I was just sick of this fucking bitch. <laughs> like, okay. I was sick Rianne. of them. You've been called that, out. Like, I will call you out. You're a little homemate, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's so many Rihanna's working. Like she's not gonna know. Actually, no, she will know who it is if she listens to it. But I don't even give a shit. Um, so you moved <laughs> to a different club, and is it the same type of big club? You know, it is a very big London club. Yeah. Okay. Um, same in size. A little bit smaller? Uh, it's big in London, but outside of London, you wouldn't fucking know it. I mean, in terms of girls on a floor. Oh, girls on the floor. There was too many, too many, too many, too many. So you go from Platinum, which is, what is it, a uh, 50... I've not danced there, but it's like a 50 girl big enough club or yeah 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 and you move but there, there's never there's like 50 girls but not all 50 girls work one night it's like a 20 mat so you move to this next club what was the good points and what was the bad points um no good points i was there for a week because i didn't fucking like it don't get me wrong now management's changed i've heard it's very good and i've now got one of my friends who are there like another one of my dancer friends who are there mm. and she's loving it she's making a shit ton of money all the girls are most of the girls are lovely you know like management's changed so a lot of the girl like the girls like i didn't really like and you know made me feel uncomfortable walking in there have left mm. so that's what happens when management changes <laughs> can't get away with no shit and then from that you go to the club that we met at. yes which is similar so these three clubs are similar in kind of 
structure they are yeah. yeah yeah they're close enough but not different in their own respect. yeah what's the one thing that you would say from your experience in working in all of the clubs one thing that you see that management does well and you think it should do better oh, oh, so you have to one. take one thing that you know they do well that you've seen in one place and one thing that they can do better managers need to not have favorites i know it's hard but favoritism in clubs is bad but you can't implement that into a structure no but like if that's a one thing like the bad things managers always have favorites and there is no way of getting around that ever if you ain't one of the favorites you are getting handed dog shit but on the other hand if i'm a favorite i'm not gonna complain about it oh no of course not if you're a favorite like milk it for all you can like i've seen some of the favorite girls get away with doing blowies in clubs what in in what in some of the clubs that i've worked at if you're being a management favorite you can get away with giving a blowy or a handy in one of the private rooms but for me that's when exploitation takes place yeah probably because um, i'm not would the girl be doing that out of her free will maybe it depends on how much she's getting paid but then the club's taking a cut from that mm, depends because if, if the club's the obviously there's an incentive for a club to do that and for me that's where we get our criticism yeah you know there was a it girl is. who clearly didn't know the rules in our last club and she tried to effectively give a customer a blowy and she was seen to and thrown out like we don't operate like that i'm sorry that's yeah. not what we do it's not fair to the other dancers. don't get me wrong in the last club like in the first club that we met in the- and it's getting better now i don't think we appreciate as as women who are in their 20s we don't appreciate how bad it was probably 20 years ago Oh, no. No. Like, the girls that were working 20 years ago had it rough, I reckon. Like, really Why rough. do you think salad fingers what, the way she fucking is? <sighs> Probably because she's been in the industry too long and she needs to take a fucking break. She had no exit plan. <laughs> she's got no exit plan. She's stuck. Mm-hmm. She's probably been doing it too long to even try to do anything else. She <laughs> basically doesn't dance. Because, you know... Th- there's two sides of dancing there's the people who come from like more traditional dancing in terms of like i'm a dancer and then there's also the kind of oh i come from like sex industry mm-hmm. but she doesn't come from any of them she no. literally just opens her flaps and stands there you like baby but that's not like you're not paying for anything you want to give them a bit of a show the idea is you don't have to move towards that sexual thing the more you can dance the more slower you can dance the more you can make it of a situation and a show the more you move away from for better terms of skanking out yeah it literally is you know like when i do dances and stuff it's burlesque but in a different i take my knickers off in the last five to ten seconds and they'll be paying just so they can have them off for the next song you know what i mean yeah i've taken so much time and i wear layers this is the like a good thing about it if you wear layers i'll wear like my bra my knickers you know like a skirt a top mm. yeah or like you know i might even sometimes put like a two-piece top on so then i've actually got three layers to take off before i've even got to my underwear mm. and then 
by that point, you've basically wasted the song, taken all your layers off. And also, as so I've worked in a burlesque background before, and I've also done stripping. They're basically cousins, just that one, you don't reveal your nipples or your lower goods. You'll mm. even have bars where you'll just do topless dancing and you won't show any, you know, down below, but you probably won't make as much money. However, basically in burlesque they look down on stripping because they think it's not an art form but i think it's that's wrong it, it definitely is an art form burlesque if it's is done stri- right if it's done right stripping is an art form you know it is a style of dancing athleticism on a pole yeah you um, know i've been but- doing pole for like actually pole training for three years and i can pull some tricks that i will never need in a strip club but they're just fun to learn and there's a big community around learning how to dance it is it is like and it's often too sexualized for a fitness so i don't like how people go and do it for fitness and they get oh she's getting pole that's like no she's just going to a fit pole class yeah i'm i'm sorry but like my pole instructor she is like jacked I, I kid she's jacked and I, I, i've spoken to her and i'm like do you do any like weightlifting or anything she's like no i just do pole I do pole every day. Probably counterintuitive because they want to learn how to deal with the body weight, not lift more body weight. Yeah. Yeah. But like, she's like full on Jack. She's like ripped. You couldn't, can't see any fat on her at all. It's literally just like pure muscle, you know? And like, it does take a lot of strength to hold yourself up on a pole or like to invert and to do like jade split. It's a lot of like flexibility as well. Like they were saying that if you do an hour of pole every day, it's just as good as Pilates. Yeah. Why are you doing an hour of Pilates every day when you could do an hour of pole and it's actually fun? There's more athleticism athleticism in pole dancing and stripping but what i will say that burlesque does have on stripping is there is more fascination with costume and hair and makeup and image because it's a show yeah, of course but it's just it's interchangeable but we veered off so what's one thing <laughs> what's one thing that you've seen at a club and go they do that well management priorities okay explain first club first uh girl into the club gets the first customer in Mm -hmm. the club and it goes like that so everyone has a fair chance at at least talking to a customer once every girl has spoken to a customer once you've had your priority customer (laughs) (laughs) i quickly call him custard they basically are Mm -hmm. um yeah once you've once your priority for that person has done if you've not taken him to a vip or done a dance with him whatever that customer is in a free for all for every other girl Mm -hmm. and it makes it so good because it means you actually do have a chance to talk to somebody instead of where some of the other clubs I've worked at they can where, have clicks that where everybody has to run up to a customer quick because you never know you might be able to take them downstairs it's like you know? the Berlin Wall they'll form a wall around you so you can't yeah, speak to the customer do. but we do the same thing yeah so. we do the same at like some like at one club we've worked at but but also on the same page this is where you will make your money as a stripper when you do not give a shit about people interjecting into your customers because the rule of way is you don't come up to my customer when i'm speaking to him yeah. i don't come up to your customer when you're speaking to him but if when i don't they're see- a new customer those rules is fucking out window no but you you will 
guaranteed make money if you do not give a shit about those things if you believe in your product the attraction between you and the customer you know the rapport you've built with them Mm. no one's getting in the way of your dance yeah you know i've literally i've had it at clubs before i walk up to a customer like i'm shit hot and that will speak louder than any girl running up to a customer saying baby do you want to dance i don't even ask for the dance until i've had a drink in my hand sometimes because it's that idea of "Ooh, i'm gonna play hard to get you'll get a dance if you're lucky that works 10 times better than babe come for a dance i've done i do i do it sometimes in the club that we work at now i literally and I'll sit and I'll wait Lurker. and I'll like tilt my head over and I'll like give him a little wink or a little smile you know and then that customer will walk away from all those other girls like that are like, yeah, yeah and he'll come and sit next to me and be like what's your name then why didn't you come running because they're intrigued it's like what I'm, you're too good for me it's that kind of attitude. Yes. Or the, it, it makes you mo- it makes me money. And the best one is sometimes you are down with the crowd and you have to kind of be in the mix. But the best one is kind of when they just veer off and you go, oh, sorry, was that a bit overwhelming? I didn't want to, you know, I just, I personally don't like to do business like yeah. that. That always goes down as a dream. Yeah, I do it as well. And it's like once they've it's a bit too much, and they're it? like, oh, give me five minutes, give me five minutes. And then they'll come over to like where we're sitting and I'm like, fucking nuts, eh? Oh, yeah, honestly. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do if that was me. So, yeah. A bunch of different things work with different customers. You just got to find out what works for you and in what club. Because there's been some clubs sitting back and relaxing, letting the customer come to you just doesn't work. Exactly. You have to go to them. And stripping is not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> oh no, you've got to have some tough skin. Like there's been times when I've been told that I'm the ugliest girl in the room. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, or I'm the fattest girl in the room. You know, there's a lot of it. But I'm there, so that's not true. oh fuck off just because you're a little bit thick no but you're not fat my darling you're thick and chunky and lovely what you have to understand is strip club body image different episode but it's its own world outside of the normal world body ideal so basically if you are a size 12 you become a bbw yep if you are size eight, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you're accepted. And sometimes you also get these women who are like old school strippers, in my opinion, who come from like 2012 era or 2001. Some oh, girls. Yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. Girls who are Unless not tripping like size six and you're a twig, you don't belong here. Yeah, but they almost get jealous at girls who are so more comfortable. Oh yeah, you know that you've got to have a lot of confidence within yourself. How do I describe myself without giving who I am away? I'm not someone who is typically athletic in terms of like an athletic size eight pole dancer. I'm not. I'm not particularly tall. I'm not particularly short. I'm not particularly fat, but I'm also not skinny. I I call you curvy. You're curvy. Yeah. You're like curvy thick because you're not you're not like on the line of where you're fat, but you're also not on like curvy thin, you know? You're like curvy thick. Well, I thought it was curvy thin. 
I'm Kirby Finn. <laughs> no, but I just have no. <laughs> now, now you're making me think about it. And I don't no, no, you're not. No, like you've got obviously like even if you uh, melt got, all the you fat got, off my body, I'm still gonna have an hourglass shape. Yeah, and even then, you've got like the nice thick thighs, like that everybody loves. You know, we're not gonna it have them forever. Good bum. <laughs> you know and like you've got a good set of tits so everybody loves a good set of tits you know not everyone only likes yeah. my little bees they like mm. your double d's you know they're not the double g's what's the difference dg same thing but basically different types of girls can make different money it doesn't matter on your size that's the one thing that shocked me about strip clubs but sometimes you do get these old school people from old school stripping mentality like one girl i used to dance with in a club what size was I at this point? It's probably somewhere between a 12 and a 14. Usually I always get a 14 just because I need to have that extra space for my boobs. Yeah. But then I find a way to like nip it in. So it actually does fit me. But she was like, you would not get the job at Stringfellows. And I was like, well, I actually do know a girl who works at Stringfellows. I got turned away from Stringfellows because I'm too alternative. Well, this girl looks like the girl who works in our current club but it's not the same girl like very athletic but very naturally built so she's not like a little twig but she's a big bigger girl but she's like athletic and bodybuilder type years ago they wouldn't have employed someone like that but now she does work at Stringfellows yeah but Stringfellows even when I auditioned um just before covid they obviously I'm covered in tattoos you know I've got bright coloured hair I'm not exactly your go-to girl sometimes you know I'm a bit alternative Mm. I'm a little bit different and people don't always like that clubs don't always like that that's what I found but they are getting more accepting of it almost do you remember I'm gonna mouth the name because this is a podcast where we're anonymous and we're not gonna name well we did name Rihanna but we're not going to name yeah, people but that's that different. we don't want to name Rihanna anyone else is uh, anonymous yeah. but that's her dance name so uh, <laughs> you know who you are if you're listening <laughs> do you remember yeah yeah beautiful beautiful girl yeah she was fucking stunning stunning yeah. she was I think she was Swedish Spanish which is quite a mix yeah but she is not in she's a similar size to me yeah and we're on the scale of where we're not overweight but we're not skinny yeah yes and also amy is on a similar yeah one of our good friends is on a similar kind of body type but sometimes people get mad at us because we do not conform to like the and probably on your other like side of what being quite alternative we don't subscribe to the traditional yeah what's happened before like so spearmint rhinos like ironing board look like we don't do it i don't i don't like the ironing board look like some people do it it works for some people but it's just not a bit of us you know like quite a few of my friends like within the industry they are quite alternative and or like a bit probably gay that's a shocker to the man (laughs) well i'm gay so what's that matter you've got a boyfriend 
boyfriend. You're not gay. <laughs> all right, I'm bi. All right, I'm She's bi. got a sugar daddy and she's got a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, come on, sugar daddy pays the bills. Boyfriend keeps me company. What more do I want? <laughs> oh. So, like, yeah, with me and Amy, we've had it before. Where yeah. we've You've just outed her name. She's going to be on the podcast okay. anyway. You outed it first. No, Amy, we're going to check with you. That's okay before we do this. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> but if it's not okay we're gonna take we it love out. you amy yeah. we do love you it's fine when yeah. you're on next week uh, we can confirm with you exactly she might but want yeah, to be like, called something else no it's amy okay she goes by amy with everything okay okay pink. i i always forget her actual name pink princess amy pink princess amy shout out shout out follow to my you. girl <laughs> No. Um, yeah, like we've she's like we've even had it where we've been sat having a snack and like one of the Twiggy girls has come in and she's like, Oh girl is eating again. Yeah No sugar. I'm fucking hungry. I need a sugar rush. But Piss off. What I was gonna say was, you know what the biggest like it's dressed as the compliment, but it's not a fucking compliment. And I remember this girl said it to me at the club we met at look how we're just avoiding the names of the clubs here um oh come on we're gonna slate him so <laughs> not in the first step not in the first step so basically it did have good points and bad points this last club but we're still affiliated with it in a sense yes yes yeah but basically she's a girl of color so she also faces a lot of fetishization in the club and a lot of adversity so she knows what it's like to not be the traditional white skinny spearmint rhino look yeah in a sense but also she has a bbl and she has fake boobs so yeah you know you know that always goes down a treat in a strip club it does <laughs> you make money if you've got the bbl and big tits but also if you're natural but anyway she said this one thing to me and she was like you know i really respect you for what you do here and i was like thank you and she's like yeah because you know you make money and you're so confident like for how you look and was like what why would i be confident for how i look she was like you're not the typical stripper look i niced her in that moment because it's not worth starting an argument i'm like what because i don't have fucking boob job from turkey and i don't have ass implants leaking about and i don't lie that my ass is natural like what yeah or when a customer who literally is a very different look from you and goes oh you look just like me i love it i hate that one i hate that but honey we're different i hate it yeah i hate it because it's like we're not the same we're not the same you're here because you can't pull a fucking girl this is the only way you can see some titties some actual nice titties and um yeah we're not the same mate (laughs) no but like i had it in that club where a customer said to me you know i just love that you're like i do take the compliment of like i am a normal because the girl next door thing does go down well with customers. Oh, yeah. So when they say, like, they oh, you're it. just a really, like, normal-looking girl, and I like it, I don't mind that. Because it's like... Uh, Do you know what? I, lo- I love it when they're like, oh, my God, you're so relatable. Why are you working here? Like, you've actually, you know, you've got more depth to you. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not an airhead. But also, can I do a public announcement of just as your brother's your uncles your granddaddies and your dads all go to the strip club and don't tell you about it there's women in your life who've stripped and you will never know about it oh yeah no 100 percent. we have literally come across you know someone as yourself running away from a bad situation people training to be doctors psychologists nurses lawyers yeah one of my uh friends 
who works at a club, she is actually using the money from stripping to do a law degree. There you go. She is paying her way through law school, dancing, just so she doesn't end up with a shit ton of student loans. But I think because people think that we do a sexualized job, it's easy so we must be all crackheads that do shitloads of drugs. Yeah, there is that stereotype around it. And of there's course. that percentage. Yeah, there are that percentage because you've also got to think prostitution is the oldest job in the world. And if it wasn't, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? So obviously anything under the sex industry, anything within the industry, whether you're a cam girl, an OnlyFans model, a stripper, like even being down to like a pole instructor sort of thing within the because in- it's basically within the industry, you just automatically get labelled as a slut. Especially if you come under the term sex worker, because yeah. there's varying degrees of it. It is. And obviously then everyone thinks, oh, you know, like prostitute, like drunk, like drug addict, stuff like that, because there is that stereotype around it. But I suppose it's, it's slightly different because when obviously you go, oh, yeah, I'm a stripper, people are like, let, like, do a dance for me, let me dance on, like, you can dance on my pole and all the rest of it. Mm. And it's just like, fuck off, you can pay me like everyone else. Yeah. You know, I make more money than a lot of people my age. I make more money than basically most of my friends. Would you go into Boots and say, oh, can I have a free paracetamol no yeah it's literally like going to a restaurant and going oh i'm gonna eat here for free no you're not why would you come to me and then go oh dance with me for me for free because that's my job or even just like something really generic work at costco's like i wouldn't go can i have a free costco cake yeah or like walking into starbucks yeah i'm having a free starbucks you just wouldn't do it but because it's that one-on-one thing and i hate bargaining but bargaining's for a different episode you know who you are who bargain (laughs) but the best the best thing that happens in this strip club is so you probably heard from how we speak on this podcast is we have different aptitudes and tolerances and we have a similar view of touching and what happens in a strip club yeah of course the licensee says that the most in London that will happen in terms of touching the licensee is that it will be a graze on the leg or an arm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what the licensee says. I personally don't like people touching me. I don't like it. Have people done it? Yes. You are dumb if you think you're going to work in a strip club and people aren't going to try it. Okay, oh, that's yeah, just going to happen. Even in like the but- strictest of strict strip clubs that I've worked in, where there's literally like security everywhere you look, there's cameras in every single angle you are one in my vagina yeah like (laughs) you are not hidden even in there guys we'll try we'll still try it because they think it's a brothel and it's not i've literally had my ass full-on smacked in that club to the point where they left a mark and by the way you can smack them back if they try and do that and granted i hit him like my reaction i flung my hand around and backhanded him Mm. security came like running up and he got kicked out and everything but i was told if i let that happen again my job's done for now i'm like i didn't let that happen he made me uncomfortable so i got up and walked away and yet now he's the one touching me and i'm getting in trouble for it that's not fair no and also they're going to push back and say well that girl let me do this nothing is worse than compromising your values and your morals for me i adopt a dominatrix style 
So I don't let anyone come near me. Yeah. And if they try, I'm going to smack them back in the face and say, no, that's not allowed. But I personally don't like it. And they push you and they say, a lot of them will lie, the customers. They'll say, well, the girl before let me do all this. She didn't. Okay. No, I literally, so I had it on Friday when I was working. Customer was like going in the dance rooms, you know, like I was taking him for a private. He touched my bum, like whilst I'm undressing. And I was like, you do that again and I'll charge it. He was like, well, the girl before didn't. And I was like, I don't care what the girl before did. You're with me now. And he's like, well, that's not fair. And I'm like, yeah, it is. I'm like, honey, you're not in Primark you're in gucci but the best thing before we go for the break that i've ever had and then we're going to speak about your glasses thing (laughs) is basically customers coming in like these randy men saying oh you know can i like pay for a little bit extra and i'm like no but i was just like i kind of like have fun with them say what what are you speaking about and they say well you know i i don't i don't want you know prostitution i don't agree with that i don't you know it's it's so wrong but i do just want to take you home let me tell the story (laughs) and then they say okay but like could you just like touch my cock for you know a hundred and i'm like oh but I i thought you don't agree with prostitution he's like oh but that's not prostitution right well it is basically but you're asking for that. Yeah, my favourite one is when they're like, oh, I'll pay you two grand to come home with me. And I'm like, babe, well, why didn't you give me an incentive now? And then you never go home with them. No, and I never <laughs> go home with them, ever. And we're going to speak about another business method you used. My so Esme, es- <laughs> Esme wears glasses. Do you need them? I do need them, yes. Okay, long short it all. Unfortunately, long, they are not a fashion statement. I am legally blind. <laughs> long, long sighted or short sighted? I'm short sighted. Okay, take it away. Okay, so a lot of people that come in love the glasses because they don't. You don't get many strippers that wear glasses like at all, really. I'm but there's a big one demand for it. And yeah. yeah, I do make a lot of money with my glasses. And I've also sold a lot of my glasses because men that like to do naughty things all over my glasses. Like um, a few weeks after me and my lovely friend here met in the club that we were in, I sold my glasses uh, for £600 just so the guy could go home and come on them because he wanted to come on my face. And that was the fourth pair I'd sold, like, within that year. So you went home and ejaculated on your glasses? Yeah. He's probably <laughs> still got them in his underwear drawer, you know, naughty little secret from Christy. his wife. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't pay £600 for my glasses, so I'm making a nice profit off them what, each What's time. the profit? <laughs> um, it's about... Three to four hundred pounds, depending on which ones they are. Should have gone to Specsavers. They are Specsavers. Oh. Yeah, the, the Michael, um, Mark Jacobs ones. And, you know, obviously designer glasses, designer girl, need a bit of something extra. I wouldn't do it if they were my Prada glasses. Like, I don't really ever wear them. Right. <laughs> so after the break, we're going to get into some sugar daddy situations. See you after the break.
welcome back. We've just taken a nice little break. We've got Esme with us here. Hello, hello. <laughs> so we're going to get into something that a lot of girls in my friendship group, even the non-strippers, they want to know about this world. They want to know what is inside of this world. Inside because there's a lot of misconceptions, world. isn't there? Yes, there's there a lot is of, a lot. There's a lot of misconceptions of how it's an easy thing, how it's impossible to do, how it's glossed over that, you know, you don't have to do certain things. Well, you might have to do certain things. I actually think this is a really important thing in terms of safety. We have to speak about this. Yeah, because there is a big safety aspect about it. Very big. Because a lot of people go into it eyes wide shut. Yeah. So, do you like the term sugar baby? I do, yes, but I'm not a massive fan of it. I like the term, but to be honest, most of my sugar daddies have had. I've been more of like a travel companion or companion to go to concerts. I've been to the opera and I've been to like some really big events. Mistaken as a daughter. Yeah, mistaken for someone's daughter. Do you think the term sugar baby is representative? Representative? Represented. Representative of what the role entails. Yes and no. Because like you're a full-time therapist. Yeah. So some sugar daddies, they just want text communication and they want some photos here and there. And that's sort of like a virtual sugar daddy. They're more like online money pigs, pretty much. (laughs) You could ask them, oh, babe, I need to go get my nails done. And he'd send you however much it is for your nails. And he'd be like, send me a photo after. What's the difference between a sugar daddy and a cash piggy like i've had a cash piggy in real life and we've met up and i've literally gone you're a bit meaner aren't you yeah you've got to be mean when it comes to like it's more of a dumb thing yeah it's more like give me a hundred pound and they're like okay and they'll hand you over a hundred pound and you could be at dinner and you could literally be like um getting the most expensive thing on the menu and being like you're paying on this card and they would do it and you could go and you say, don't like, say thank you no you never say thank you you say thank you to sugar daddy yeah I've always say thank you to your sugar daddy regardless mm. you know they're there they they want to be seen as like you can't live without caregiver yeah they are your caregiver you know if they didn't if you didn't have him or whoever even like a sugar mama like if you didn't have her you know your life would be a little bit pathetic and Mm. you know but again it depends on the type of sugar daddy you've got I've always kind of been quite lucky with mine. Like, it's taken a lot of work to find actual decent ones. That's misconception number one. You can just find one like that. Yeah, you can't. You can't find just find them like my current sugar daddy. I've been seeing him for five years, and he actually jumped in on my cam calls. Um, to obviously see that I was a real person. I think you went through escorting. Was that a different one? And then I'd done an escort meet with him. Okay. Yeah. All so right. he he wanted to see if I was actually a real person to see 
what I said I look like. Have you met anyone through seeking no, arrangements? I don't like seeking arrangements, to be honest, because there's so much bullshit on there. I've spent hours and hours filtering through and going through. And it honestly, it's just not worth it. You're They're just looking for like a more cool girl model. Yeah, yeah, they are. You're probably better off going with like, what's your price? And just doing like paid dates and working it up from there. Or sugar daddy Or just going on the dates and never contacting them again. Yeah, or that if you don't like them. You know, like sugar daddy meat is quite a good one. But again, you've got a lot of bullshit to filter through. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can spend several hours like talking to people and then nothing coming from it. Which can be a bit disheartening, a bit like, ugh really you know so you grew it organically almost through the grassroots of what you were already doing yeah um but the one that i had i actually we've seen each other for like two years i found him on sugar daddy meat Mm -hmm. we'd done three paid dates um to begin with um and we literally just went out for food um and we just sort of seeing if we actually had any sort of connection to see Mm. if it was worth anything more and then after a little while you know of talking back and forth he took me to Paris Eurostar Uh, yeah Eurostar (laughs) this one was a bit of a cheapskate with some stuff but he would pay me well and we went to Paris for three days and that was quite nice but you know he didn't want to get me my own room so I was like fine whatever and he was like well I'll pay you more and I'm like okay but it's not the point like I'd still like to have my own space sort of thing and like I tried putting that boundary in and he kept trying to cross my boundary so did you have a pre- decided boundaries before you entered that yeah I do say like stuff with my boundaries so obviously if you're going to give me an allowance you only get to see me so many times a week okay and this is what we do roughly each because they can be quite demanding yeah they can be like overgrown babies yeah this one that I'm seeing for about two years he could be quite difficult he wanted me to go over every Thursday, cook him food, sit and have food with him, clean his house. Then we'd have to sit and watch a movie together of his choice. I wasn't allowed to complain. Um, you know, it was good money, but... It was all preset requirements yeah it was preset requirements like he wanted me to dress a certain way have my makeup a certain way do my hair a certain way which is fine like that's what you're paying me to do Mm. but don't get to the point where it's excessive Mm. there is a line don't cross it and he kept crossing it. And this isn't the one you're with now? No, this is the one that I was seeing for about two years. We'll call him Sugar Daddy 2. <laughs> OG, OG Sugar. No, that's confusing because I'm going to think it's the second. So we'll call him OG. OG Sugar yeah. is um, the one that I'm still singing. Um, but this one is just one that I had on the side for a little bit. Side ho sugar. Yeah, side ho sugar. S H sugar. Yeah. <laughs> he got uh, very demanding, kept crossing lines of boundaries. The other uh, thing is, like, 
he was wanting a lot more granted okay i slept with him were you okay with that i was okay with that bearing in mind i had done the escorting escorting. so i didn't mind sleeping with him and i was getting a five thousand a month allowance plus gifts and holidays for the two years that i was with him so it wasn't the end of the world sort of thing giving him a little bit of sugar sometimes but he was wanting it more than what he was willing to pay for why do you think he was the way he was oh trauma 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 like a mummy a mummy issue trauma like how old was was he bad he was in his 60s. That's an average age for a sugar daddy, I'd say. Yeah, between sort of 40 and 70, that's where you get a lot of sugar daddies. Do you think his loneliness, I would feel, would be like an all-encompassing emotion that a lot of them feel? Probably, yeah. Like, well, we um, all get lonely. Yeah, we all get lonely, but this one just, it got to the point where he wasn't actually cleaning his house through the week because he knew that I was coming over on a Thursday <laughs> at four o'clock to clean his house, cook him dinner do his washing you know what i mean i felt more like a a dirty slave (laughs) i felt more like a slave than a sugar baby so do you cut him out eventually i did cut him out yeah after two years i he kept getting worse and worse so Mm. i was like i'm not doing this the money is not worth what i'm having to do so off the back of that one girl decides i hate working in marketing i'm gonna try and find a sugar daddy she goes on one of these websites tries to find a sugar daddy she thinks it's very blase and she's just it's just a matter of going on nice dates and she gets to just chat to him and he sends her just a little bit of money to look after herself and she keeps in communication with him that's the ideal situation for most people yeah Yeah. how often do you think that happens what percentage 10 percent exactly i think that's a massive misconception people it is it really is like don't get me wrong i had my og sugar daddy fall into my lap literally fall into it and i was just very lucky with that one but the other ones that i've had to find i've had hell finding you know like i've been on plenty of dates that were meant to be paid for and then they never gave me the money at the end of the day do you not ask for it hello yeah yeah i'd always ask for it up front and they'd be like well can we see where it goes because i might want to give you extra and i'm like okay but you can give me extra after yeah and then they just change the conversation and distract you never let them distract you from the money when it comes to it and if you have to nag them fucking nag them because you are offering a service at the end you're selling your time time is money Mm. you know if you're gonna sit with someone for two hours in the hope that you get an allowance at the end of it I could get paid like five hundred pound for those two hours. It's the same thing in the strip club of when a customer yeah. doesn't pay you for your time. If you're a girl just getting into stripping right now, and we've all done it because we've all started, if you're just there and you speak to a customer for a couple of hours and expect him to buy a dance, which he might do, he might buy one dance at the end. All right, you've wasted your time where you could have gone and caught a bigger fish. Yeah, hundred percent. Don't get me wrong; like I done it 
when I've been in the industry, you know, and I've done sometimes with escort mates and I'm actually having a good time with this person because we're not doing anything. We're just having a drink, you know, having a bit of fun. Time's up and then I'm like, oh, I don't actually want to leave. But if they're not paying me, why the fuck am I staying? And I've done it before where I've had... You've got to have business lens on. Yeah, you do. You can't cross this line of oh, maybe they'll actually be my friend because they're not your friend. They paid you to be there to begin with. Mm. You're paid to be nice to them. Yeah. Or again, it works in the strip club. You're being nice to them in the hopes of getting money. But if you haven't got anything off them in the first 15 minutes, don't waste your time. I've never got involved in sugar daddying, but I would guess a key phrase would be, oh, just make an exception for me. Yeah. Okay. That is a very big one. Oh, just make an exception or... Oh, just babe, it's just this one time. It's no, it's not this one time because you know how many. Oh, babe, it's just this one time. I've heard, and it's not been one time. You know mm. what I mean? You don't know where I've been, who I've seen, what I've done. I don't think you would have been good at what you're doing now unless you had the hardship of what you had when you were younger. Yeah, no, of course. Like I probably wouldn't have maybe even got into this industry if I hadn't. I feel now you have a much easier time of telling people to go and fuck themselves if someone crosses your boundary. Yeah, I do. I do, 100%. Because my boundaries have been crossed so many times. Why am I going to let somebody cross it and me not stand up to myself anymore? There's no point in it. Growing up from a very broken home, a lot of wires get crossed and a lot of things you wouldn't think would happen, happened. And I couldn't say no to it. Mm. But now I have the chance to say no. I'm going to say no. You have agency over your own. Yeah, I've got more control over what I say and what I do. Do you enjoy the different jobs and variations of what you do? Oh, of course. And what what totem pole would you put them in? Number one? Sugar baby. Number two? Dancing. Number three? Barbering. Before <laughs> coming, coming, and then yeah, gardening, the bottom, <laughs> escorting. I was gonna go with like something more recreational, uh, bartending. Oh, yeah, we've done that one. We've always had a bit of a bar job going as well. But that's the other thing when I've needed to like take a break from everything, going and working in a bar is like the similest, sim- most similar thing to that sort of industry you can get because you can sexualize yourself a little bit to male customers when you're stood behind the bar making them a drink and they'll give you a 20 pound tip and also karen before you come out as saying oh they're using their sexual image to bait men into money you karen and us collectively as women we've been sexualized since probably being young girls if we want to have a girls fucking... Girls have been sexualised from the dawn of time and that is thanks underage, to Underage, which is alarming. Men. Exactly. And that is thanks to horny fucking disgusting men that you guys aren't smart enough to make money out of. And if you don't want to, then that's fine. That That's not what we're saying. But if you want to come at a woman for turning a profit of something that has traditionally been used to break her down her own sexual image yeah. her own ip intellectual property then you're a fool if you don't think women are entitled to make money off the back of that yeah but like i said earlier like prostitution is the oldest job in the world 
what just because in this day and age we don't call it prostitution we call it sex work and there's so many different aspects that you can do you're going to categorize us all i'm not being funny but my biggest sugar daddies are men in politics and lawyers and people very high up but the irony is that people look down on our profession because we're free with our sexual image Mm -hmm. but everything we do is kind of more or less honest when you step in over a threshold of a strip club the customer's not there to make money they know they're gonna part way with money yeah exactly money's money money (laughs) but it's that thing of when they say oh you're only here for one thing money yes i am are you not here just to be titillated and entertained okay let's make a business model strip club there we go let's make it's it's when we're working it is a business arrangement on our side on our terms yeah because it's like we are the product that you have come in to buy let's compare it to walking into a tesco's right if you want to go into tesco's and buy a bar of chocolate you go into Tesco's and partway with your money over that bar of chocolate. Now, say we're a bar of chocolate. You go into the strip club and partway with your money. Again, it's the same concept. You're a commodity. Well, no, you're not a commodity within yourself, but what you're offering is the commodity. Yeah. And I think that's something that is hard because even in the job of sugar babying and stripping it's how close you can get to that line of making them feel like they're so special and they're different and you're just the one that i might maybe you know walk away from stripping from and go home with but i'm never going to yeah exactly you know so my og sugar daddy he doesn't like the fact i dance he doesn't like the fact i've worked in bars i've worked in strip clubs he doesn't like the fact that i have done the escort in even though that's where he met me from Mm. and that's what he called me up for Mm. he doesn't like it i think that's purely because of the fact he sees me as his little baby he's got to take care of me all the time you know and i go well please daddy daddy the same the savior complex is really big yeah it is especially with him if i were to give him a text and be like oh hey babe like i'm really sorry but could you send me a hundred pounds i'm a little bit stuck Mm. i get it instantly and it's that (sighs) oh i'm a damsel in distress even though i'm not i just want a hundred (laughs) pound do you do you respect your sugar daddy Oh yeah, hundred percent. Not just because he gives you money, but do you no. think as a person he's a? No, I do respect him as a person, and I think we've also got to that point of our relationship where it's not just a sugar baby relationship; it is more of a friendship with money involved, purely because of the fact. Well, we've been to so many places on holiday. He's taken me to concerts. He takes me for dinners. He takes me to work events. You know he flies a level of trust yeah there is that level of trust i accidentally met his daughter one day and me and his daughter now speak and apparently to her i'm just his assistant do you ever feel bad about the lines so is your sugar daddy married he's actually widowed okay i did see i did see a lot of them as married but let's say if he was would you feel bad about those lines or because I you're behind the same way like in this strip club men. 
But the same way in the strip club, most of them have a partner of some sort. Of course. You're hiding behind the profession, so it's not, you know. Of course, but I also think with, like, the strip club and sugar baby in, when it comes to wives, girlfriends, all the rest of it, with a strip club, there is a lot more of an understanding that the... It's just a show. It's yeah, it's a show. They're not getting anything, you know. It's a tease. It's just, yeah, like you all go out with the lads, you have a few drinks, you end up at the strip club. What? Couples. So yeah. The so, couples are more aggressive. They want you to come home and be part of the threesome, but you wouldn't yeah, touch them with a stick. Yeah, exactly. But like that's the thing. Within a strip club setting, it's accepted for the husbands, the boyfriends I wouldn't stress to go off. I wouldn't stress but, if my boyfriend went to a strip club now. Come on, I met my boyfriend in a strip club. Uh, I couldn't give a fuck if he went off to a strip how club. How did you meet him in the strip club, babe? <laughs> he was working at the bar and I'm a dancer. <laughs> 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 Don't sell it with the staff. <laughs> and he's okay with the sugar babying stuff. Yeah, he is. Because what about the more intimate side we have a unspoken rule we don't speak of that he okay. knows i have slept with him my og sugar daddy mm. and he knows that i probably will do again in the near future but we don't talk about it do you have boundaries around that or are you still figuring it out uh we have boundaries about it like and you're still open to figuring it out yeah obviously i do talk about my sugar daddies to my boyfriend because there are certain stuff that does involve him you know like i will shortly be going out to dubai you were i was just gonna say do you want to say you're going to dubai like going out to dubai yeah um with my sugar daddy who's gonna set me up out there to live for a few years and obviously i will be bringing my partner um i've also had opportunities you know going other places with my sugar daddy and you've had career opportunities and I've, yeah i've had a lot of career opportunities through my sugar daddy that also then does affect my partner you know so but in terms of career opportunities i want to be careful they're not opportunities if you look at like a casting couch in hollywood uh, you don't work in acting or mm. that kind of industry but they're not career opportunities in terms of her sleeping to get her way to the top the more just like guidance opportunities in terms yeah. of her to learn more yeah they are he doesn't really want me like in the strip clubs and everything so he is giving me opportunities to trial different aspects of different jobs to see if i like them yeah it is a relationship in better terms it sounds what you have it is that's what i mean it's like a friendship with money there's a level of care yeah there is a level of care and i do care for him you know he has been in out of hospital a little bit over the past couple of months and it does sort of make are you in the will yeah i hope so (laughs) (laughs) no it does sort of make me worried because you know i do care for him he is a good guy you know he has got a family he has got kids and you know and it does make you worry a little bit but then at the same token you can't worry because then you wouldn't know them unless they were paying you you know so it's a bit it's a bit hard true i suppose as well the other question is do you think he feels respected off you i would hope so yeah i i would assume so because of how far we've been come like come you know it's coming up to C- coming together <laughs> coming together no it's literally what we started seeing each other when, when you I are was oh go on sorry turn 19 yeah i'm 23 now so that's 
five years. When you're intimate with him on the occasions you are, do you use protection or? Yes. Yes, always. 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 Do you think he's got any other sugar babies on the side? I wouldn't think so. You'd be main sugar baby. If I, if there is a few others on the side, you know what? Go start a union. Go for it, girl. It's absolutely fine. You try rinse him out of some money, but I get most of it. (laughs) Can't compete. If you had a younger sister or a young girl come up to you, let's say she's 19 or 18. Mm-hmm. All I'd say is whatever you do, meet in very public places to begin with. A very public, somewhere where you're familiar but not known. Mm. Because one of the things that I made the mistake was meeting a sugar daddy in Brighton. Mm. where I knew the area but I also knew a lot of people there and a few hours after I had left sugar date I was having my friends message me asking who that old man was that I was just with what do you say I just said I was on a paid date fair enough um but you again, all, if you, you all, don't you all want to judge but you would all do it and not tell anyone about it yeah exactly and that was the other thing is that I also realized I did need a few of my friends to know out of my safety have your location sharing on your phones Mm -hmm. like me and Amy where she's often at this country that country and where we're all here there and everywhere we've got a location sharing on find my iphone and it is the best thing to do i've got it with two of my other friends as well people you know what Mm. i was doing and things like that and again that even now that i'm not escorting they're always checking my location to see if i'm at home at work if i'm in a different country you know sisterhood yeah it is you know mm. i went to i i've been to Ke- literally come back from cape verde yesterday or this morning technically i've been to paris i've been to lisbon i've been to porto i've been to amsterdam i was in belgium a couple of weeks back with sugar daddy you know like i've been out to dubai i've been to Phuket in thailand you know where i've been taken all over the world with this guy safety is always there it is so good to have your location sharing and before you even jump on a plane with them make sure you're comfortable to be in a locked closed room or a locked car with them if you're not Mm. comfortable like that with that person how do you expect to go to another country and as well the thing is the way the world works is you and i and i would like to think most of the people i would want to associate with are all about consent and how clear that is and what the boundaries are but you are making it consistently hard for yourself in a court of law god forbid i hope it doesn't something happen between you between that potential sugar dad client whatever if you aren't in a space where you can't control the environment yeah and you've not vetted them out you're not going to look good in a court of law yeah even though no means no and yes means yes the court is not going to see it that way that i would say the best thing to do is before even meeting a potential sugar daddy speak to them on the phone facetime them it helps nine build time, your business nine times out of ten if they're genuine they'll send you a photo of their id for safety reasons a photo I, I, 
with them that, with their ID. I've had that before. I literally was like, look, you can cover your address information and whatnot, but can I have a photo of your driver's license just so I can send it to my manager? But set, make Even though s- it's not my manager, I just sent it to my best friend so she knew who I was meeting. I just said my manager just wants to double check that we've had you in our books or, you know, wants to... Oh, so you being your own madam yeah okay. yeah it's a good it's, it's a good way to be and proper potential sugar daddies will do that and also if you are going to make them send over ids make sure that they're in the picture holding the id against their face because you don't want someone sending the random id that yeah isn't them. but again if you're facetiming them beforehand yeah. you can screenshot yeah. if you've got two phones take a sneaky picture of the other phone you know also never use your own personal phone number have a completely separate work phone Mm. that's the best way to keep your privacy have it on a different iCloud and have it all set up as a work phone you know there's little things that you can do to keep yourself safe in these situations there's also like apps like client eye where you can check people's phone numbers and girls can report the phone numbers that's good there's so many things that you can do to keep yourself safe while still getting into this industry of sugar babying and escorting and all the rest of it. What would you say if a girl is interested in doing it but she's having hesitations? Don't do it all. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you're having to think about it, you're not ready you know if you're going oh i do i like the sound of it you know it sounds cool you know it seems interesting i want to give it a go but i'm not sure you don't want to do it unless you have already got that second phone got that work phone number made an account you're not doing it but you can't just go straight for it you've got to be prepared we're all victims of our own circumstances in terms of why we make money. You know, people say, oh, I'm okay with girls working at the strip club as long as they're not, you know, there because it's the only way they can make Everyone in the world is doing their job because that's the only way to them it makes sense to make money. But if you're paying taxes, it's a fucking job. But the thing is <laughs> with that job that you just mentioned specifically, it's one of those more nuanced areas where well, don't go into it and not have another thing that you're doing at the same time. Yeah, of course. Always don't with sugar baby. Nothing is ever a hundred percent. It's good to have it on the side because at any point my OG sugar daddy could go, Alright, babe, I'm not actually feeling this anymore. I want something a little bit new. We've been seeing each other for five, nearly six years. I'm a bit bored of you. Okay, that's absolutely fine, babe. We can stop the allowance. We can stop seeing each other. I have absolutely no issue with that. But then I'm back to paying all dark. my bills. I don't know what's coming next. So obviously that's why I'm still dancing. That's why I'm still doing other things as well. You know, multiple incomes just in case. There's also like a massive legal note I have to add here about sugar daddies and paying your taxes. So you need to pay tax in whatever freelance job you're doing. But my accountant, he has a roster of different types of people. He His kind of part-time hobby is doing dances and yeah. keeping books of only fangirls and sugar babies. But for tax purposes, you are only allowed to legally have one type of daddy or sugar daddy incoming into your account. That doesn't get taxed. Yeah. 
if you have more than that then or do something else where you're getting taxed through freelance then it becomes a job in the eyes of the government so that's really important to know in a legal note but as well i suppose where we're on the side of sexual liberation this stuff is really great it's very free women go into this job to get out of very harsh circumstances go into it just because they need to support their career but as you've said there are things to take note of there's things to be aware of and there's things to be safe oh yeah with. of course of you course 100 percent. your safety is your main priority and your comfortability everybody has their own set of boundaries you've just got to establish what they are so we're getting towards the end now i'm going to ask you quite a profound question and you can take a while to think about it if you want but just not too long because we're going into work me and Esme tonight go get a shake's mask and get some cash no out of all of your experiences actually before i do this one what's something really normal you do that people don't expect that you you would do Mm. what like in general or just like away from work a roller skate okay there we go she roller skates so back to the deep <laughs> question and she has loads of cats i do i do i have three cats yeah so back to the deep question out of all of the jobs you've had within the sexual economy where you've chose to profit of the whole experiences you've had what's been the highest high and what's been the lowest low Ooh. so we're talking peak and rock bottom in that vicinity Rock bottom was probably being when, oh, actually, I don't know. Hey, yeah, rock bottom probably about last August time when the club that we met in, Mm. the manager just had it out for me and was literally putting me through mental hell Mm. to the point where I actually almost stopped everything Mm. and she completely crushed my confidence my self-worth money was getting really tight as well it was just being made very difficult to say the least so what type of things was she doing just so the audience knows degrading me what did she say she'd be like you don't look very pretty today ew what are you wearing you're not gonna make any money tonight like that you need to do something with your hair like my hair would be done like i would have spent a dresser exactly i would have spent like washed blow dried like done all my hair all nice and she'd be like your hair looks shit Mm. your makeup needs to be sorted i don't like those shoes and then she'd come up to me whilst i'd be with customers and she's like they're not gonna pay you move yeah she'd never done by the way i do know this manager and she to my knowledge she's not danced before or i would get called off stage to be put in a vip so a uh, customer would pick you off stage yeah and i would go in and she'd literally stop me from going in saying they don't want you they don't like the look of you it was really like soul crushing what was this manager doing on the side she was taking money from other girls and putting them into vips into whose vips into the vips that i've been called into yeah yeah so that's your lowest experience yeah and it felt like you were being targeted yeah it definitely did why do you think she targeted you she didn't like the way I looked because she didn't like the fact that I could make money on my own regardless don't get me wrong 
money was shit i probably averaged about 500 pound over the whole entire month dancing and that would be my worst month dancing usually when i could average 500 to a grand a week even when it's shit and the customers aren't right i could still guarantee that but over the whole month to make less than 500 pounds you look in the mirror and go what's gone wrong yeah you do you really start to question yourself and we all have those nights where we're just like i really don't feel attractive i don't feel like sexy but you know the following day you're back to your normal self of like i'm a sexy motherfucker or i'm gonna kill this shit and just so everyone knows on those days if you are out there watching as a stripper you will know this podcast is for you it's for those days when you are feeling down or something is getting you down and you have that community or that place of people whether you're like esme or whether you're like me and have just got into it by falling into it or whatever you know this is a place for you where you can listen to people who are going through the same experiences as you because i feel that's so relatable even the most beautiful girl at that club we both danced together she sometimes gets rejections and knockbacks not a lot but you know you know it would be there and it would literally knock her confidence to the point where she would sit in the changing room the rest of the night and not do anything you know and she's a nice girl she is but you've just got a persevere with it you can't obviously i was getting knocked down every single day not just by management but then because i wasn't feeling it the customers would knock me down and And the girls who were benefiting from what the manager was doing in terms of putting them into so the girls would pay a 50 pound fee to the mean manager you're speaking about and then they would get entrance to the vip where they would make a lot more money yeah you could easily make a grand in there but those girls i don't know if they had it out for you they were just more of like looking after themselves but yeah but even then when i then done even just like a single dance or something they would then congratulate me for doing something Mm. i don't think they had it out for me but i just didn't think that they believed in me it's hard to make girls actually believe that you are here and that you can do it especially when you're well i wasn't exactly new to the club i'd been there a year but there had been a lot of new girls and that had joined that clique of girls that have been there for a long time because of this manager it's like as i said earlier being someone who doesn't i feel guilty for saying that because i am white and you know i subscribe to i'm not an accosted minority am Mm. i but in terms of my body shape i'm not discriminated against but sometimes i am not being the traditional model that kind of does knock your confidence and people will say oh you did well for you know a girl with big thighs you did well for a girl with no boobs or you did well for a girl who's black like that's the wildest one i hear oh yeah but you can't let it get to you and as well you gotta like learn to leave it at the club and not take it home with you oh yeah 100 percent. you have to leave it at the club because this is the mistake that i was making yeah i wasn't leaving it at the club and i would literally go home crying my eyes out because like I'm this ugly, like, fat person who doesn't know how to dress or do her makeup. And, like, I've been dancing at this point for four years. Like, I've been in the industry for six years. Yeah. And this one person crushed me so badly that 
I literally had a mental break. She definitely felt jealous of how girls could make money. Yeah, and she of would get paid an of hourly rate. But if you have that mentality, don't work in a strip club. Yeah, but it was just it was horrible. Like, and I what happened at the end as the result? Uh, I went on a mental mental <laughs> rant to her and i was screaming and shouting at her in the changing rooms the head manager above her and the owner actually came in so when i was screaming and shouting at her asked me what was going on i explained everything and then she got fired at that point i was too broken to continue working at that club and as well there was evidence from other girls supporting of what she'd been doing there was a few of us but i definitely got the, got the brunt of it so she's gone from working as a manager in one of london's most renowned strip clubs and what does she do now uh i saw her in chinatown holding menus okay well she shot herself in the foot because even really though did. she wouldn't get a thousand pounds a night she would get paid a considerable a lot more amount than a hosting job oh yeah of course yeah. but she's now stood in chinatown ho- holding menus and seating people so she fucked herself over with that one but at the same time i'm very glad that that happened because it kind of gave me a bit of confidence back when i saw her like a few months down the line you just have to have compassion i do a little bit but i don't have compassion over the fact that you she should go and get so crushed me you should go into the restaurant and and say, can I have a chicken chow mein, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the lowest points that I've had over the whole time. Okay, and then to give people hope and on the contrast of the most negative experiences you've had in this industry, what would you summarise as your most positive one? The ability that it's given me to be self-disciplined mm-hmm. and have the freedom yet still have the money and motivation to do everything I've always wanted to do. So it's given you freedom? Yeah, it's given me a hell of a lot of freedom, which is one of the massive positives to it. And also major confidence boost. Yeah, we've just major. been speaking about being like really not confident, but it does give you confidence. Boost. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, like this woman destroyed my soul, but she had a lot to tear down, a hell of a lot to tear down. Yeah. And for the fact that she actually did, I am a little bit proud of her <laughs> that she managed to do that. Yeah. Because never in the five years previous that I have been in the industry have I been so soul crushed. <laughs> and my confidence has just gained so massively (laughs) like i used to hate walking around in a bikini now i'll get my tits out i don't care time and a place love (laughs) my kitchen was not the place for it i think it was your kitchen is the place for some titties because you know i'm more like mild in terms of my attitudes towards things do you look at me and think oh come on love like give you a few years If you if you stay in this industry a few years, you this is what I've noticed. The longer you have been in the industry, the more free you are about everything. So is that an incentive of girls who just think they don't want to do it to get out early? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> not that it should be a wrong thing but i would say any girl who makes the decision to do this out of their own will doing it out of not your own will a different discussion that we don't have time to address in this podcast today no but if you if you want to do it out of your own free will go for it and don't hold back and go in there with confidence yeah go in there thinking you are the hottest girl in there no matter what anybody says you're here to make money and you're gonna stack it it's the only way to enter the industry because if you enter the industry all shy and timid you're not gonna get anywhere unless you're doing the shy girl character yeah but then you have to stick with that what happens when your confidence goes through the roof your alter ego comes out you can't go oh hi how are you sorry i'm just really shy i'm like the girl next door i shouldn't really be here the shy asian girl makes always a lot of money yeah, but that's a shy Asian girl, and I'm not. I'm not like racial. The shy Asian token girl. I'm. I'm not racially I, I'm profiling whatsoever. There should be more Asians in the strip club. There should be more Asians in the strip club because you guys are fucking gorgeous. Yeah. But the token Asians that I have come across whilst working over the years in the clubs have a flat they, in Mayfair. They <laughs> do. They do. They do. And do you know why? Oh, sorry. Um. Oh, hi. Sorry, I'm a little bit shy. I don't quite... Sorry. Um, (laughs) How are you anyway? (laughs) It's that very... that, That works for them. And, like, I've seen these girls make cash and card doing that yeah and card but like they have made bank from doing that and there needs to be more of you girls they really do (laughs) yeah it's so interesting as well now like we're at the least discriminatory even though it probably is discriminatory in some places we're at least prejudiced part of history we have been in terms of dancing and strip clubs because we're in the present day oh of course i'm so thankful i was not a stripper in the 2000s oh yeah neither i wouldn't have made much money i think we would have but i don't think we would be allowed to oh yeah yeah probably we cannot tell you enough that like so men like such different things and they obviously and they're in a different stuff than their wives if you're something different to their wife they will eat you up like in a heartbeat and sometimes they want something different every minute I had a customer who was like, right, I want a different girl every other song. We all kept on going there, £20 for one song, one song, one song. And we all did three rounds of £20. So what, you get 60 quid out of that. That was the whole club. Some of these demands are so insane. Oh, yeah, there's some insane demands out there. Money is no object to most of the men that come in the strip club. It is literally if you can just perform to the way they want. (laughs) If you can hook, line, and sinker them and make them fall in love with you, it's putty in your hands. Oh, yeah. And that's in any business capacity. Not in terms of in marketing, you can't really, like, you'll get a HR complaint, make them fall in love with you. (laughs) But you can use those lessons. You've got to hypnotize them slightly with your words and and body language. on everything no <laughs> so have you enjoyed your time on the pod today i have it's been wonderful it's been long <laughs> nah not that long no so no. what's the plans for the future for you i'm just gonna go live abroad for okay. a few years you know see where it takes me come back dance some more okay have my own freedom and live off my sugar daddy for the next couple of years will there ever be a day 
where Esme will walk away from the game. When she's old and wrinkly. <laughs> when she becomes salad fingers. Yeah, I'm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I will not let myself get to that. No, there probably will be a day, but I think that's probably going to be the day that I retire on my own private island somewhere. Well, send me the invite. It's all right, you can come with. <laughs> so thank you for listening today. I hope you've all learned something about Esme and her life, sugar babying. And she's not even at the quarter of the way through life so she's got so much more potential to Pot- go potential <laughs> so to much go. more money making <laughs> but as my first guest thank you so much thank you so much for having me if you really enjoyed that episode like and subscribe to our social links or if you just want to be part of the conversation go and have a little follow on reddit all of our links are in the bio 